Welcome to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I want to talk to you about clairvoyance. This is the ability of your inner sense to see visions, pictures, words, and stories unfolding. The intention of this segment is to help you learn how it works, but also how to practice some things so that you can enhance your own ability to see things clairvoyantly. I hope today's session will inspire you in a way that you can apply it directly to your own life. I'm really excited to share what I know. So one time I was working with my Buddhist monk spirit guide, and I asked him, what his definition of clairvoyance was. And he said, it's seeing clearly what there is to be seen without the veils of illusion, need, fear, and expectation blocking the way. If you were to close your eyes right now, where does your attention shift? Do your eyes focus up, down, straight ahead, or deep inside? I just want you to note that. We might come back to it. (laughs) When your eyes are open and you have a clairvoyance experience, you usually have your eyes are kind of in a relaxed state. It's not really super focused. It's more out of focus. And sometimes the experience occurs slightly as a peripheral vision. In other words, you have to look a tad bit off center to see things. Um, And so I just wanted you to know those things before going into this next segment. And I want you to remember that the imagination is an organ of perception. And so in some of the lessons that I present to you today, I'm going to ask you to use your imagination to stir up an image. Psychic vision can occur in different ways. When a being that is coming from the spirit realm, whether it's a loved one that is crossed or an animal, you know, an animal or a person that is crossed or a spirit guide or an angel, they may appear in various vibratory planes. So you might see them a bit different. Um, A dog might seem maybe clearer than a human. You might just get portions of the human. It's just, you know, roll with however it appears to you and be okay with it. And oftentimes it can be fleeting. All right. But just, you have to work hard to hold the energy of the psychic experience as with all of this. That's why we're working and practicing to build your psychic muscle, if you will. Um, if you have your eyes open, you might see them as solid beings and confuse them for people in our realm because sometimes they appear as if they coexist in our realm. Do you remember that story I told you when Stephanie and I were driving along? So was Stephanie and I, oh my God, (laughs) driving along in college in my little Volkswagen bug, middle of the night, had stayed out and studied a lot cramming and we're coming up to a stop light, but it was not, it was green. So we were, you know, just moving along 
no other cars around. And I swerved my car and Stephanie was like, what are you doing? And I was like, didn't you see that guy? And she said, what guy? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going crazy. Um, it was because spirit was really appearing in the third dimension. Prior to that, when I was little, I would see them in my mind's eye. And you know, when I was really little, it was fun. And there was a whole family living in our closet, I swear. But, um, but, but at that particular time in college, I, w- I had pushed it so far away. I didn't want it to come back. And I especially didn't want it to come back in the physical. But there it was. The guy was I couldn't see through him. He was he was fully dense, fully physical, but he wasn't. He was not there. So your experience from person to person could be different. So I'm not going to say this this is the, you know, hard and fast rule. You just have to be open to what happens and be, you know, open to the experience knowing that you're grounded and protected because you can always, you know, throw light at them and ask your angels to come in if it's not someone you want to talk to. I have a friend who used to have Abraham Lincoln sit at the end of her bed to talk to her. (laughs) So I would have loved to have been like, can you ask him all these questions? See how that goes. But her, her bed would literally sink down right at the end of the bed. So let the experience be what it is. Typically though, when your eyes are open and you see spirit, it's as if they're superimposed on the physical reality, kind of like seeing a reflection in a window while you're able to see through the window at the same time. So it's the same with spirit. Typically, when they show up, they seem to be between both worlds so that you can see through them. And you, it's as if you see them in your mind's eye while your eyes are open which is why sometimes people close their eyes to maybe focus in better on them in the spirit world, or they can have their eyes open and see them, you know, moving around the room. Spirit can also appear to you, not just in your realm, right? Where you see them in the room with you and everything, but they can come to you in their realm. So that in your mind, you're looking at them in their realm. And sometimes that can happen if your eyes are closed, um, as if you're picturing a memory, all right? It can be so distant. We're going to get into that more when I get into connecting specifically with loved ones on the other side. The difference between them coming to our realm and us essentially traveling to their realm. Don't get caught up in the word travel. It just means we're projecting our soul, basically. Much like I will teach you how to, you know, deal with looking on the other side of the world, connecting with someone. Anyway, (laughs) getting ahead of myself. Spirit can also show up, spirit as in humans, loved ones that have crossed or anything, can show up, as you know, and appear to you as light energy. This is our true form. Before they then turn and switch from light form to their human form that you knew them as. I gave this in a recent example of uh, a story I told about the woman with the quilt. Remember, her mother showed up in as light form first. And then because I honored and acknowledged that it was her mother, 
she had the strength and ability to transform to the physical look that she carried in this incarnation. You can also use psychic sight to see the energy field that surrounds things, auric visions, you know, or the energy around people, plants, animals. So we see with our psychic vision, we see the visions, uh, we can see them as pictures, images, symbols, stories unfolding. And these can either happen as subtle impressions within your mind's eye, or like I said before, you know, you could do it with your eyes closed or eyes open. Yeah, so just a reminder, the periphery vision is where a lot of clairvoyance occurs, but it's often brushed away. So practice looking out of the corner of your eye, especially when you're around other people or, you know, you just feel like someone's watching you. <laughs> I know this person where like someone was watching me, someone's watching me. Okay, it was one of my kids. They're like, mom, someone's watching me in my room. I was like, okay, come here. Let's sit down. Let's sit down and find out what this has to do with close your eyes. Put your hands on your heart and say, who's there? You know? And I got one of my kids to channel, up, you know, to talk, communicate with someone that was very much there, checking in from the other side, a relative that had passed and had messages for this kid. And it was really beneficial. It was beautiful messages that were necessary. And so that brings a great topic up. You know, if our loved ones are peeking in on us, they're not, they're, they're not capable of seeing really what we're doing, right? They're just, they were hanging around and they have permission in some scenarios to hang around. Maybe um, in this case, this loved one was just passing. And so it was really important to swing by and connect. You know, I think the same thing happened to me and I think it, it did happen to me. And I don't know if I told you this. So I'm going to tell you this story. I was having coffee one morning and I, a wisp of smoke caught my eye and I, I, I saw, I was like, wait, was it the coffee? Right. Is the coffee steaming up? The coffee wasn't steaming up. It wasn't that hot. And so I closed my eyes and I said, who's here? And I heard uncle Ed, it was my uncle. And I said, what do you want me to do? That's what I asked him, you know, because the first, when I said, who's here, the first thought that came back, remember last week, first thought that came back was Uncle Ed. And so then I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, call home. It was short sentences, right? He said, call home. So I called home and my mother answered the phone and I got nothing from her. So I hung up with my mom and I tuned into my Uncle Ed again once more. And the way I did that was I closed my eyes and turned my attention to him, you know, just imagined him there, but he was already there. So I just turned my attention to him. I didn't have to close my eyes or I could have kept my eyes open. And I was like, I called and he said, no, call my home. So I opened my eyes and I called his home. And the minute I did, his daughter picked up the phone. And when I told her that her dad just came by, she said they were all sitting with him and he had just passed away. He had just passed to the other side. So my uncle Ed came by me and wanted to make sure I could reach out to them. 
And by so doing, it taught them that it doesn't end. When the body is finished, it doesn't end. The soul carries on. It was a beautiful opportunity. You know, I would have missed it. Maybe, maybe not. Um, the first instance was the literally the wisp of smoke. You know, he manifested a wisp of smoke in the room and it wasn't the coffee. And then I turned to him and started then clairaudience, right? But the first thing was clairvoyance. And so this is, this can definitely happen. So right now I want you to imagine, you can keep your eyes open or close your eyes. I want you to imagine your favorite meal in front of you. I want you to, <laughs> you could even clink the silverware if you use silverware, maybe use chopsticks or maybe use your hands. Um, but I want you to really see the meal before you, your favorite food, look at all the details, the colors, um, Perhaps if there's vegetables, the veins in the vegetables or the, you know, formation of the food and everything. I want you to see it clearly. I want you to see your, um, your drink. If you're going to drink something, um, I want you to imagine, you know, sprinkling salt and pepper on it. The sound of the salt and pepper shaker going on the food. Listen, I rarely salt and pepper my food, but I, what the heck, let's just do it. <laughs> It's only for fun, right? So you know how you're seeing that? Close your eyes if you had your eyes open and just picture it in your mind's eye, you know, or picture a slice of pizza or a favorite a dessert, maybe a fav favorite treat or something. Picture it in your mind's eye. You see how that image is in front of you? That's how subtle psychic sight clairvoyance can occur. It can be subtle as if, you know, it's not even there. Some people close their eyes and they're like, I just see those sparkly dots. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no worries. Um, you know, but with clairvoyance, it can come like a memory. You know, if you really dive into a memory and can imagine, you know, a favorite scene from your past, and how that was, there's a part of your brain or a part of your mind that can see it on a subtle level, you know, maybe not as full on as you'd like, as you see with your physical eyes, but you can definitely imagine, right? Do you remember like we did the making your morning favorite beverage? <laughs> it was the same thing or the flower petals in the heart. Same thing, working on your clairvoyance so that you can develop that psychic sight for yourself. Sometimes um, in class, what I do, and you can do this too, is you can take a broom or a, let's just say broom, let's just stick with broom and put it up against a light colored wall and look at it and stare at it and look at it and look at it and look at it and just really, you know, get the full image. And you can keep your eyes centered on a part of it so that you can take in the whole thing instead of sweeping your eye balls up and down and just look with, you know, focus center or whatever. And then once you've got the image of the broom, close your eyes and then turn your head to another part of the room and then open your eyes and then picture the broom 
superimposed on that new scene. That is how it appears with spirit. It can seem superimposed, right? So one time I had a client invite me to her house to do a talk to a group of her friends in regards to psychic development. So I went and she was so lovely. Violet is her name. And she put out all, all these little treats for everybody to have little snacks and everything. What a hostess. And I'm giving my talk to her collection of friends. They're standing too. Some are sitting. And while I'm talking to them, I am tuning in um, to them. And I notice one gal is a total non-believer. She thinks I'm full of malarkey. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's not, this is going to be tricky. So while I'm talking out loud to them about psychic development, I'm also talking to spirit in my head simultaneously saying, what do we do about her? Because she doesn't believe me. And spirit says, don't worry, we've got her. And I was like, wahoo. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. And then I just kept going. Well, after a few minutes, I felt to my right, a presence. Do you remember Claire sensation? <laughs> so it felt like someone was standing next to me and I turned to the right to look and there was this man. He, he looked, he looked a bit like Sherlock Holmes, right? With the hat and the, the suit, the old English British suit on. And so I was like, huh. And so I said to the crowd, I said, there's a man next to me. This is what he's wearing, but here's the deal. He didn't come with me. And so I'm going to ask him who he came with. And when I said that, and I asked him, who did you come with? Because I know you're not for me. You know, he didn't show up to give me messages. He came up for someone in the group. A big arc of white light went from him up into the, uh, you know, the, towards the ceiling of the room and came down on the non-believer. And I was like, he said he came with you. And now I'm pointing to her and she looks like, oh, brother. And I said, um, so let me describe him some more. I said, I think he's like an English teacher. And as soon as I said that, the man said, I study British literature. And I said, oh, sorry. He says he studies British literature. Do you understand that? He said, that's his message. Do you, does that make sense to you? And she, she was flabbergasted. She said, oh my gosh, I am heading off to England very soon to go study British literature. And I said, oh, fabulous, because he's going with you. This is your guide. <laughs> I said, he's going to help you study, help you find the right books. This is all going to be fabulous. Well, needless to say, she was a believer from that point on. <laughs> so in that scenario, the image of the man was both symbolic and literal, not just one or the other. He was both. He was her spirit guide and that's how he dresses and that's what he's about. And it was also symbolic to the fact that she was going to be studying it herself. So this is often what can happen with clairvoyant images. They can mean a multitude of things. So you can either read the information of the image, or you can um, relay the message of the image to the person that they come with, and then uh, they can understand the message themselves clearly, right? But usually what I do is I engage both a lot of times I will have the sitter, the person that's meant to receive the message, um, actually participate in it. Not because I don't know the answer. I mean, sometimes I'll just do it and do the work and give it to them and everything. But sometimes um, it's really fun to have them go, oh, Eureka, <laughs> this is what this connection is about. And, and sometimes spirit, the message from spirit 
aligns it that way so that they're participatory in the experience. You know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, my Buddhist monk guide says when you're doing working with clairvoyant images and your, your, your soul awareness of clairvoyance, it's about patience and persistence, really working um, these skills, I guess I want to call them skills or this muscle, if you will, so that you can better enhance your own spiritual experience and also believe it. You know, you've got to be okay with what comes up. I'm giving you the fundamentals so that you can acknowledge and practice and work on the experiences that come to you and to realize that they're there. <clears throat> so I'm going to now get into some more ways that might, you might be able to to um, strengthen this ability. Okay, now we're going to work on you seeing auras. How's that? Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> okay. Most people see auras like a heat wave haze. Like if you look over um, asphalt on a hot day and there's that, that little wavy, wavy haze that happens. Sometimes auric fields are colorless. Sometimes there's a blue tint. Sometimes people see shooting stars, kind of like little teeny, teeny electric like kind of electric flares, right? And sometimes people see shooting colors or they see colors. The aura, um, which we'll get into when we do chakras, uh, can maybe have a substantial color based upon a particular uh, area or a particular chakra that's highlighted right now for you. And so this is what we're uh, going to go on in these exercises, this series of exercises, you can't do this while you're driving. I just want to warn you before we get started. <laughs> okay. I want you to hold your hand up against a light colored background, like a, a light colored wall or a sheet or whatever. And I want you to soften your gaze and I want you to spread your fingers apart and look at the space between your fingers. I want you, if you're holding your hand up to a wall, look at the space between your fingers, but not all the way to the wall. Look at the space that's literally between your fingers. Here, you're going to see a light glow or an energy vibration that comes off the energy of each finger. Then I want you to move the fingers together and notice in your peripheral vision, if you keep your hand focused or if your eyes are focused on the middle of your hand, you may be able to see a light haze around a faint outline around your hand or a light haze around your whole hand if you use your peripheral vision. So your eyes are focused in the center of your hand, but you're looking peripherally around the whole hand and you may be able to see a faint outline around your hand. This is the aura. Yeah. Now, if you were to do your um, fingertips pointing each other, if your hands are like two feet out in front of your face and your fingertips are pointing at each other, but about mm, one and a half inches apart, let's say, relax your gaze again and look at the space between your fingertips and then move your fingertips together and apart, together and apart and see how that adjusts. So you're bringing your fingertips together and apart together and apart, but you're looking at the space between the fingers, right? <laughs> it's kind of like holding the vision. So if you're again, up against a clear, like a, a, a light colored wall, you're looking at the space, not all the way to the wall, but the space between your hands. 
you know, you don't have to move it if it gets you dizzy or nauseous, but you should be able to see this glow around your hands, your auric field. Okay, this next exercise, you're going to need a friend or pal. And what I want you to do is have them stand up against a light colored wall or a sheet if you need to hold, put a sheet up or light shower curtain or whatever. And what I want you to do in this situation is stand away from them, but I want you to look at their heads, maybe look at their nose or their forehead. And with your peripheral vision, I want you to be attentive to the space around their head. All right. First look with your eyes half closed and then open your eyes completely. And if you do this, you'll begin to see a one to three inch band of light or glow around their body, especially in the head and shoulders area. I want you to just relax and, you know, if you need to relax and shake, shake it out so that you're not giving yourself like the pressure of seeing and realize that you'll be able to see and do it again. Look at their head, either their nose or their forehead and use your peripheral vision attentive to the space around their head or around their whole body. And I want you to look for subtle color impressions or maybe a transparent color. You might be able to see different colors of light around their heads and a different color of light around their body. When you do this, you're tuning into the frequency of energy when you see these different colors. And then I want you to notice, hold it, hold it, hold it for a while, but just focus your eyes mid midway on the body or the nose or the forehead, but you're using your peripheral vision to see the rest of it. Remember how you, I said, you have to kind of look off center to see it. So now you're not really focusing on the light around their body. You're focusing in the middle of their body so that you can see the light around their body. And I want you to notice what you see. Do you see a haze? Do you see a color? Do you see patterns that flow or flash? What's the bandwidth? You know, is it a, a is it a big volume of light that encompasses them? Is there an intensity of color? For some people, the auric phenomenon is fast and it doesn't stay. And it also can tire, make your eyes really tired. So you don't want to do it for long periods. But other people, once they start doing this um, exercise up against a wall, they're able to just start looking in their day-to-day -day life when they're going around trees or plants or animals or people. You know, they just go into that relaxed eye state and can start seeing. That's what I want you to develop. I remember uh, the first time I learned this, remember I told you that story that I was really little and we went to that lock-in at that church, wasn't even my church. I went to that lock-in with a friend and we did all kinds of things. We did looking, you know, seeing your aura was one of the things. When you look away, when you've got somebody against a light wall and then you look away, that's the after image, right? Um, when there's a bright color contrast between the clothes and the wall, this will, this will happen. I'm not looking for that, but I'm looking for having you to look for the, at the auric field and work with this over time.
Okay, so far in today's session, I've talked to you about clairvoyance and the ways psychic sight can occur and how um, you might have experiences in your life. And I gave you some illustrative examples to um, tell you moments where it has occurred in my life and how I use it to some degree. And I gave you some exercises to try to develop your own gift of clairvoyance, gift, skill, skill, <laughs> skill of clairvoyance. I think we all have the gift. We just have to notice and use it and develop it, right? And I ended up recently on seeing auras and working at seeing auras and having that experience. I feel like I want to stop here. I'm, I am going to split this segment. I'm going to do more next time. I'm going to talk to you about getting in touch with um, loved ones and more games, playing some games to develop psychic sight. Um, and I just want to break it up so that it's not too overwhelming. So this is where I'm going to end today. Yeah. As always, my work is to encourage spiritual growth and health. I hope today's time together on clairvoyance has helped you to learn how you can take this lesson into your upcoming week so that you can develop and strengthen it to benefit your own soul awareness. If today's session has helped you, don't keep it a secret. <laughs> Please share the love and tell your friends, family, or associates, and remind them to start at the very beginning because the lessons build one upon the other, and I would not want them to miss any little thing. You've been listening to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. It's been an honor to share with you. Listen, I've always known that the world would be a much better place if people listened to their own soul awareness. That's why I teach all that I know. Thank you so much for tuning in. Legally speaking, this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis treatment, or the advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.